In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Hatur, and as last week, we read again the parable of the sower, remembering again the lesson that the Lord taught, and when the Lord said, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And we said that this seed that the, so the sower is sowing is the Word of God, and it lands on these different kinds of ground, and the Lord teaches us how each person is represented by one of these types of ground and responds to the Word of God in a different way. So um, because we are speaking about the Word of God, as, as mentioned here, related to the seed, um, I want to speak briefly about what are some of the things that the Word of God is compared to in the Scripture. Um, here in this parable, it says what? The seed is, is the word of God. This is what we said when the Lord said, when he's describing the meaning of this parable, he said the seed is the word of God. And these seeds, they produce life because we know that when you plant a seed in the ground, up comes um, a kind of a plant, something that, that is alive. So the seed is like the beginning. It is the genesis of life. It is the, the very beginning of the formation of the plant. So also when we as the, as the people, which is represented here by this ground, that when we receive also the word of God, it is the beginning of a renewed life in each of us. That whenever we hear the word of God and we assent to it and we commit to it and we, we want to follow it, this is a renewal and a transformation, a change of mind and a change of heart that each of us exhibits in ourselves. In John chapter 8, the Lord said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So abiding in the word of God is the beginning of the Christian faith. How is it that we know what is the standard that we should be following as Christians? It is by reading the word of God. How do we know what is right and what is wrong? It is by reading the word of God. How do we even know if we are being transformed to draw closer to God or not? It is because we use the word of God as a standard. And so when we find ourselves um, entering into this new life, we leave behind the old. We leave behind the old man, and when we achieve this freedom from sin, embracing the new life that comes from abiding in God. So the, the word of God is the seed that produces life in each of us, that when we learn the word of God and are filled and abide in the word of God, we are changed and transformed. The second um, thing that the word of God is compared to in the scripture, it's compared to a lamp that enlightens. In Psalm 119 verse 10, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How is it that we as Christians should know the direction that we need to walk toward in our life? It is through the word of God. How is it that we know the will of God? It is through the word of God. Walking without the word of God is like walking in darkness. A person who is stumbling, a person who doesn't know where they have been or where they are going or what they should do or any, have any purpose at all in, in understanding what path of direction of life that they need to walk. The Lord Christ said in John 12, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. And certainly we see in, in, the, in our society around us and the world around us, um, many, many examples of people that do not know where they are going. What is the purpose? What is the goal? What is the target of this life? For what purpose do we live? And what is it that we should achieve by the end? Do we live our lives simply to accumulate wealth? Do we live our lives simply for pleasure? Do we live our lives simply because we want power and authority and control? What in the end is all of these things? 
we always remember the words of King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes who mentioned all of these things that he himself had attained and concluded in the end that they are all vanity. So the word of God, he, it enlightens our minds, it enlightens our path, it directs us, makes us realize that we have a different reason for living as believers. We don't live for the perishable things of the world, but we live for eternal life. And so when we read the word, it teaches us where, what direction and what path we should walk. Also, the word of God is a sword that pierces the soul of man. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is what judges us. When, when it is the day of judgment, how is it that God will judge? He will look at our actions and he will compare it to what his commandments are. What is it that he has said that we should do? When we want to know how is it that we should judge ourselves, when we want to know how is it that we can judge the world and the things that are in the world, we use the word of God as our standard, as, our, as an example. The Lord uses his commandments to, to, to look at us and to judge us. This is the standard by which we will be judged. God reveals his mind and he will judge our thoughts and actions. The word of God is also a mirror that reveals to us who we are. In James chapter 1, it says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. When we read the word of God, there are many ways to read it. Sometimes we read it to memorize the stories that are in it, to be familiar with the stories. Sometimes we read it to try to find spiritual meaning inside many of the stories and the prophecies that are there. Sometimes we read it for moral understanding. But even as we are reading the scripture in all these ways, we have to compare ourselves to the scripture. We have to look at ourselves. As the Lord said, and as St. Paul said, sorry, St. James, it is a, a mirror that when we look at it, it shows us ourselves. If we read it with the understanding that we are looking to find out who we are and comparing ourselves to the commandments of God, the standard of God, then we will walk away strengthened and edified because we are growing. The word of God is helping us to grow and is benefiting us. But if we are stubborn and refusing to change and refusing to uh, apply what it is that we are learning, then for us, the word of God actually will be a source of judgment. The more that we read the word, the more we understand what God is calling us for, and the more we resist and we do not want to uh, conform ourselves to this truth, the more actually that we will be judged. In John 5, um, 39, it says what the, the, the Lord is rebuking the Pharisees. He says to them, you search the scriptures, for in them you believe you have eternal life, and these are they who testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Meaning we can search the scriptures, we can read the scriptures, because we believe that these are, are the words of eternal life, and so we read them. But once we read them, and once we know them, what is the next step? Do we simply stop there and say, well, I have read the words of life. I, I've, I've memorized the, the words. I know what the words say. I can quote verses in this. Or do we do the next step, which the Lord said, that we go to him so that we may have the life that is promised in the scripture. The scripture is uh, the, the, the instructions. The scripture is telling us how is it that we were to have life, to, to approach God, to be in union with God. But do we then take that extra step 
and approach him and go toward him and seek a relationship with him. This mirror in the word of God, um, it prevents us from being deluded. It prevents us from believing the lies. It prevents us from falling into pride. The moment that I begin to look at myself and say, look, look at me, look at all my accomplishments, look at all the things that I have doing and, and, and kind of all the goals that I have succeeded in, 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 in reaching, and I kind of become deluded in my own mind, maybe forgetting um, my own weaknesses, forgetting my own sins, thinking more highly of myself than I ought, the word of God grounds us again. It reminds us again, well, what about all of our thoughts? What about all of the, the times that we do not do what is right? So that we remain grounded and humbled, so that whatever successes we might have in our life do not take us away or lead us astray from God. So again, the word of God is a mirror. We look in it not just to know the stories, we look in it to see ourselves in it. Who are we? How is it that we can compare ourselves with the, the characters and the stories that we are reading? How do we find similarity between ourselves and what God is calling us for? The word of God is also silver that is purified in the furnace. It says in Psalms 12 verse 6, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of the earth purified seven times. This means that the words of God are perfect. The words of God are perfect and they stand up to testing. Whenever people try to criticize the word of God, the word of God is timeless. Whenever people try to say that the, the words are irrelevant, no, the words are very relevant. That even the words that were written thousands of years ago still apply to us today. As human beings, human beings are the same. Maybe our culture changes, our technology changes, maybe the way that we dress changes and the, the things that we do changes, but human beings are the same. We have the same weaknesses, we have the same problems, we have the same fundamental flaws that are causing us to go astray from God as we've always had as human beings. Um, and so the word of God is there as, as, as silver, it is pure. We look at it, we compare ourselves to it. You know, when, when the priest is before the litany of the gospel or during the litany of the gospel and he raises the gospel up over his head, it is saying that the word of God judges us. The word of God is we submit to it. Whatever the word says is true, and if my life does not conform to it, then I am the one who is wrong, not the word of God that is wrong. I am the one. We do not judge the word of God. The word of God judges us. That's why we lift it up over our heads. That's why we consider that, that it is greater than us. It is that mirror, and it is pure. It is something that we can go to to trust. No one can improve it. No one can add to it. No one can remove from it. Meaning whatever is there as it is written is the fullness of God's law, the fullness of God's command. I can't take a part of it and say, no, this part of it, I am uncomfortable with it. This part of it, I do not prefer. I wish it weren't here. And this is actually probably not relevant to us anymore because it was written so long ago and our society has changed so much. So this part of it is something that I'm just going to ignore and forget as though it doesn't even exist. Again, the word of God, the fullness of the word of God is present. It is, it is completely true from beginning to end. We do not remove from it and we do not add to it. Also, when compared to modern society, modern understanding, modern philosophy, which is greater? Do I take the scientific understanding and I judge the word of God or do I take the word of God and I judge science and I judge morality and I judge philosophy and I judge everything else according to the word of God and not vice versa. The last point I want to make is 
The word of God is honey to the taste. In Psalm 119, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. When we truly taste the word of God, when we hear the words of the Lord, when we understand them and keep them in our hearts, we realize and see the beauty and the sweetness of it. The word of God should bring us joy. It should not bring us fear. It should not make us to feel that we are um, reluctant to follow or that it is a burden for us, but it actually should bring us joy because this is the prescription that God gave us to have joy in our life, to have success in our life. That without it, maybe we go astray and deviate from the path that is healthy for us as human beings. Spiritually healthy, morally healthy. That those who try to live life contrary to God maybe find themselves falling into addictions, falling into pain, suffering, problems in their relationships, problems in their minds, mental illnesses, all kinds of things that maybe we fall into when we try to live life away from God, away from the comfort that comes from the presence of God, away from the, the purity that God is calling us for. We, we lead ourselves to all kinds of spiritual, moral, and physical diseases when we try to live our life away from God. But when we live our life with Him, we find that we have comfort because we trust that God is present with us and the word of God reminds us daily of God's presence, of God's hope, of the salvation that God has given us. That even though we might be living in a time of darkness, a time of suffering and pain and whatever it is that might be happening in our life or in the world as a whole, we are rising above this because we do not feel that we are subject to the darkness because the Lord gives us light. We do not feel like we are subject to the pain because God gives us comfort. We have no one to fear around us, even though maybe the people around us are very powerful and are seeking to attack us and are seeking to diminish us. And yet we are unafraid because we have God and we have the eternal life that he has promised us with. So this is what gives us hope to live. This is what gives us hope to live. We don't find hope in our money. We don't find hope in our health. We don't find hope in, in even other people because all these things will diminish. All these things will not remain. The only thing that remains is God himself and the word of God is like a rock. It is unchanging for eternity that we put our trust in it. We put our trust in the things that the Lord has said and he gives us joy and comfort. So we spoke about six different things to compare the word of God to. The first is the word of God is the seeds that produce life. When we fill ourselves and read the word of God, we begin to change. We begin to be filled with renewed life. It is the, the transformation that God promises us through his word. Second is the word of God as a lamp that enlightens our path. How do we know how we should live? What direction our lives should go? What decisions we should make? This is also to be found in his word. Number three, the word of God is a sword that pierces the soul of man. We are judged by this word. It knows us. The word of God will judge us because it reveals ourselves. It reveals who we are and we will be judged according to the standard of God. Number four, the, the word of God is a mirror that reveals who we are to ourselves. How do I know myself? How do I know if I have any sin in me? How do I know if I have addiction? How do I know if I have any problems that need to be solved? It is through the word of God. It shows me who I really am when I look at it and I'm serious and, and, and not, um, not trying to delude myself and I'm, I'm transparent. I look at the word of God and it reveals who I am so that I can begin to grow and I can confess my sin. 
Number five, the word of God is silver that is purified in the furnace. It is flawless. It is without blemish. It is pure. It is completely inspired by God, and I read it to know the truth, and it judges me, and I cannot judge it. And then finally, the word of God is honey to the taste. It is, brings every good thing, and it reminds us of the joy of heaven, that we look forward to it and not to be consumed by all of the distractions in the world. So may God grant us to read the word of God and to have it to implant itself in us as the good ground that yields 30, 60, and 100-fold, because in doing so, we will become fruitful Christians and we'll become joyful Christians, not... Um, not overwhelmed and not overcome by anything in the world and glory be to God forever. Amen.